This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 151, Live Webinar, How to Pandemic-Proof Your Money. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your host, certified financial planner Mark Willis, invites you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Tell me something. How do you pandemic proof your life? How do you make yourself immune to the threats of virus in your world? And let me apply this to your finances since this is a financial podcast. How do you pandemic proof your money? How do you antivirus your money? You know, this is the thought that's been going through my mind all year long. And we had the privilege of speaking with the Amazon Legends group earlier this year, and specifically with uh, Danny Stock, who leads that group along with Ryan Rieger. And there's an incredible community. You can find them on Facebook. They had me on as a guest speaker for a webinar on how to pandemic-proof your money and how to build real wealth during turbulent times. Now, there are a number of slides that we reference during this webinar. So take a moment and look at our show notes to get an idea of some of the images that we're describing. They're unbelievable jaw-dropping images that will help clarify your financial future. So take a moment and review those images as we go. So thank you guys and thank you to the Amazon Legends community for giving me the opportunity to speak to you about the opportunities available when you pandemic-proof your money. Hey, everybody. Welcome, everybody, uh, to the presentation, the discussion today. I think it's more relevant than ever what we're going to be talking about together today. I mean, if you really stop and think about it, did you know in February 2020, just Valentine's Day, what's going on right now? You know, that you'd be wearing a mask on Memorial Day or, or watching people wear masks <laughs> on Memorial Day. I mean, it's it's phenomenal to me how fast this has all changed. You know, we watched the largest market crash and then rebound in our lifetimes and even in world, or at least this country's history. So if it's going down and coming up, it could continue to be as volatile as we enter into the summer months. And not just the stock market, but the main street markets too. Uh, small business owners are suffering. We've had bailout after bailout. We've had 35, as of this recording, 35 million people file for unemployment. I mean, that's worse than the Great Depression at this yes. point. Mm -hmm. So we have to know the truth about what's coming next. I feel like if you know what's going on, you'll know what to do. So uh, the good news is we've got a brand new game we can play but we have to really know what's going on and we have to know the players in the field. So I'd say this is really for people who are wanting to build real wealth, not just paper wealth. I think finally we're going to talk through in our webinar today a bit about the truth and the future of our economy and our finances. What we are going to be covering together today is the idea that market turbulence is not going away. This is not the last time we're going to experience market volatility, that turbulent times are not in the rearview mirror. Um, but with the right mindset and the right tools, guys, we can pandemic-proof our portfolio. We can antivirus our money. 
Uh, so there are a few things I'd like to cover with you guys. The first is just problems with our mindset and then getting into some real solutions that I think are time tested and have even been through pandemics before. So, so let's talk about it. The first problem I, I see as I sit down and work with clients all over this country is that we have a, I guess, a backwards mindset when it comes to saving. You know, saving, not investing is the problem. And with the recent market volatility, and for those that uh, know some of our specialties, you might think I would say that Wall Street is the problem. It's not. It's really not the problem. Wall Street is not the problem. Uh, since the start of this year, though, we have seen the most volatile market we've ever seen, like literally in the stock market's entire history. I mean, let that sink in for a moment. Even so, the real problem is not Wall Street. The real problem is saving. And here's why. You know, we could handle market volatility if we had massive amounts of money saved in the bank, if we had some sort of a distinction between saving and investing. So before this crisis even started this springtime, we were already in massive trouble. We didn't have a rainy day fund and we couldn't have handled a, a light drizzle. But guys, what we got was a torrential downpour with the coronavirus. Yeah. So, you know, there's a major gap between the standard of living of what we all need and real income that we have. Starting at around 1990, our incomes alone have not been enough to keep up with our standard of living. So we turned to debt to fill the gap. But with this financial crisis in 2008 and now in 2020, you know, as you can see, we, we ran the current financial meltdown that we're in. We're already living beyond our means, uh, which is why you can see all-time record highs just before the end of the bull market. And small businesses are cash flow operations most of the time. And 50% of, of small businesses that were surveyed said they had about two months or less of cash as of the end of January 2020. And when they surveyed these small businesses, they said that they were really limited in their levels of cash. And that's, that was causing a lot of the concerns even before the coronavirus started hitting our shores. Uh, and now they're saying that, you know, over, you know, overall about 38% of small businesses think they'd still be able to be open after a six month crisis. But I want to let that sink in. 38% thought they'd still be open. What does that mean? That means 62% of businesses won't be able to last six months in this kind of environment. Six in 10 businesses gone if this lasts six months. The impact of this on a business level, I don't think has been felt yet, and it might not be felt until the fall. There's already a lot uh, of companies that were in financial straits before this happened, and it's not going to get better, especially restaurants, you know. So the second problem I see is this problem of flawed advice. Now, financial blogs and newsletters and kind of your typical save for the future retirement article you might see on the NBCs and the ABCs and Market Watch and these sort of articles, a lot of the media loves to put out really feel-good information. And they might say things like, hey, let's, let's create a fictional character. We'll call him John. And the media would tell John, hey, John, if you start saving at age 23, you'll only have to save about $14 a day to be a millionaire by age 67. Mm -hmm. We'll give you a nice conservative return of just an average return of 6%. Now, that's something 
most people may have heard. I know I've read that over and over again. Just put away 14 bucks a day and like falling off a log, you'll be a millionaire by age 67. Now, a lot of people might have also heard the phrase, hey, don't open your 401k. Don't look at the balance. Don't worry. It will come back. It always comes back. The stock market always comes back. Now, if that doesn't sound like flawed advice yet, just keep listening. Okay. So many oh-so-average financial advisors will tell you, hey, if you want to play it safe, just buy a low-fee index fund uh, and invest into that index fund regularly. Pay yourself first. You know, Let the power of compounding do its magic. But there's some trouble there. The stock market, they'll tell you, has done roughly 10% per year, every year, including the down years, they'll say. So yes, correct. Uh, the, the market over the last 120 years has averaged roughly about 10% annually. And that's about 6% from the growth of the market and 4% from dividends. Today, it might be most advisors are saying closer to 4% going forward altogether. So what we're looking at here is two numbers that both equal 6%. So both of those numbers are the exact same rate of return. Now, that should get everybody's attention because one of those lines is a lot bigger at the end of the day than the other one. You know, which of those two lines would I rather have? Oh, I want the bigger one at the end of the day. The big one is what I don't get, unfortunately. That top line is what investors think they're going to get. The bottom line is what they actually get. So the difference is when losses are thrown into your portfolio. When you have a spring like we just had earlier this March, the period of time it takes to make up that loss is huge. Yeah. And it's not the same thing as uninterrupted compound growth. So if we tackle this problem and add to it the problem of us not saving enough, we're in a lot of trouble. You know, and that's why we couldn't have handled this coronavirus even in good times um, at the end of the day. But that problem is buying and holding doesn't always work out. You know, there's there's this hidden viper in your portfolio. It's like a snake moving back and forth. It's called volatility. Let's call the snake volatility. Volatility destroys financial plans. It's almost never talked about in your portfolio. Again, they say, hey, we, we'll give you that average 10% return. But, you know, you go back to that blue line there, doesn't that look kind of like a snake moving back and forth? And that, that volatility is what breaks compound growth. The ups and the downs coil up that portfolio return and gives you much less money at the end of the day. So let's look at it. So just a quick example. Let's say you follow their advice and you put your money somewhere where it's going to do 10% and you want it to do 10% over the next five years. Well, the first three years, we have an annual return of 10%, which is pretty cool. And after the second year and third year, we've got an average return of 10%, rock and roll. But then we have a negative 10%, just 10% in the fourth year. But what that does is it totally destroys our average rate of return. We actually got our average return cut in half just because we had one down year. And some people say, well, that's okay. I can just get 10% the next year and I'll be back to my normal. You know, I lose 10%, I'll get back up to 10% next year and I'll be fine. But the reality is it would require a 30% return just to get back to my average 10% that I'm trying to keep. So losing money is so important. Like avoiding that loss is so huge to your financial goals. So chasing return is less important than the uninterrupted growth of your money. I would take a lower rate of return just to avoid volatility, breaking my portfolio. 
But then when you're in your 60s, looking back and you're like, well, I didn't expect the 1929 crash or, or the 1974 bear market or the crash of 1987 or the dot-com bust or the financial crisis of 2008 or the pandemic crisis of 2020. It's hard to go back and catch up money that we saw vaporize uh, as we went through life. So it doesn't have to be a global crisis for you to go through a personal financial crisis. It could be a medical emergency or you might become disabled or get divorced or lose your job. But even if you go through life without having any of those happen to you, it could be that you've got a family member or someone close to you who had to go through something terrible uh, financially where you had to you know, break compound growth to go help them out. In other words, there are life circumstances that do not allow, allow us to just buy and hold. Okay. So let's say, for example, let's bring this down the ladder a little bit. Let's say that, for example, you're young, you're just starting out in life, you're ready to invest, you've got 10 grand in your pocket. Let's say you walk into your financial advisor's office and you're promised an average rate of return of 7% over your lifetime. And this also average financial advisor shows you how the market's done 7% every year from 1965 up till today. And that would be true. And they're showing that black line just kind of going up and to the right for the rest of your life. Uh, so she'll project that that's pretty reasonable. It's going to go up, up, up all the way through the rest of your lifetime to 2060. And her average rate of return produces this beautiful orange J curve, just like you see here. And that's your money. Hey, look at that. That's your money right there. Now, pay no attention to the S&P. Don't look at it. Just put your 10 grand in and come back and see me when you're ready to retire. So with the actual S&P rocking and jostling up and down, the S&P as an orange dotted line continues on with the similar market swings and gyrations, but you will get that average 7% over your lifetime. And the investor investment advisor even says, hey, if you do nothing else at the end of the game, when you're ready to retire, you'd have 149,000 bucks. You give me 10,000 bucks today, I produce 7% average over your lifetime. 40 years from now, you're going to have about $150,000. Now you buy into that beautiful picture. You, you love the J curve and over 10, you, you hand over 10,000 bucks as a lump sum and then you leave her office and you forget about it for the next 40 years. You go about your business and yes, it's true. You would have about $150,000. There's the math right there. But the Oso average financial advisor forgot one very important piece to the equation. Her promises are not the same thing as reality. And averaging is not the same thing as actual results. Nobody is average. So guys, we have to fast forward now 40 years. Let's say we approach retirement. You finally decide to open up that account statement that she's been mailing you for the last 40 years. You, you remember in your mind that you were gonna get about 150,000 bucks that you promised. And sure enough, your rate of return on the front page in big bold letters says 7%. And you get excited. You turn the page on your account statement to find your present balance and your jaw drops because you only have 48,000 bucks. How is that possible? The real return was only 4%. Yeah. That's the compound annual growth rate over that last 40-year period, according to that chart. So instead of 149,000, we only have 48 grand. You're shocked. You let your account statement drop to your kitchen floor. You are angry. You run out the door. You head to the drive to the financial advisor's office. You demand to know where your missing $100,000 is. Unfortunately, your financial advisor has long since retired, enjoying the management fees on your money which aren't even factored into this calculator here. No. So, man, any thoughts on that, Danny? 
eight or nine years ago was kind of my eyes were open to that. And uh, you wondered how they were able to even uh, advertise such things. You know, they you have to have more disclosure on calories and food, what's in your food than you do what's actually happened to your, you know, pocketbook when you're being told one thing. So it's kind of some misleading. It's even got some layering of deceit in there, to be mm-hmm. honest, you know, that it's not what it seems at all. No, you're so right. I, and I'd never thought of that before, but you're right. There's more disclosure on calories. It's cl- it's cleaner. It's easier to read than your 401k statement. What does that say? Yeah. You know, I can, my candy bar has more disclosures than my 401k. That's right. That's wow. Exactly. <laughs> so guys, that is the big problems with current financial planning. And as a certified financial planner, I think that there are some big and important things we can all do together that'll help us weather the storm. Because as a, I don't have a crystal ball, but I can tell you guys, we've had three major market crashes just since the year 2000. And I didn't know in January what we'd be doing right now. But I can tell you this, I expect there will be more. I don't know if it'll be a pandemic, but I can say there's going to be more financial crises in our future if we've had three in just the last 20 years. If you really sit and think about it, does it feel right? I mean, really sink into that, that you just throw your money out there and they're in companies, uh, portfolios, uh, money managers, people you don't know and you don't have any control over it. And you don't know what's going to happen, but if you really think about it and sink down into that and you, you realize that there's something there, you, you have a check inside that that doesn't seem right. That shouldn't be the way it should be. I mean, it's putting your trust in the wrong place, really, is what it comes down to. You know, you really got to trust your heart and uh, what it is telling you and follow that. Don't don't ever have the feel the pressure to do what everyone else is doing or what someone told you to do or your neighbor or uh, your you know, always have, be always seeking uh, real wisdom. And that's, that's the best thing you can do in your whole life. Well said, you know, uh, the truth about money is simple. Let me share the results guys of this poll. Again, the, the staggering results were that half of us listening today that voted have experienced the stock market loss this year. And we've had, 16% either experience a health-related issue or other major expense, and 16% have also experienced their business downturn. I'm surprised, too, to hear that 12% have had a job loss or hours reduction. I think there is a chance we have here, guys, that we'll never see again in our lifetime, a chance to participate in an unparalleled recovery and solution. And like I said, I think now is the time more than any other time in my lifetime to take action. And I don't know about everybody, but I would say in all of our lifetimes to take appropriate action toward a brand new reality. Guys, there are several different uh, tools we can use to antivirus or recession-proof our money. We're going to talk about two time-tested strategies where you can save large amounts of cash that never lose value, but grow on a guaranteed basis. I mean, guys, you have a wonderful human life that's going to be filled with both successes and unfortunately, tragedy. Nobody gets out of this world alive, of course. No, not me, no, nobody. So when disaster strikes, 
And whether that's on a personal level or on a global market level, do you want to have happen to you next time what's happening to you this time or what happened to you in 2008? If you want to be ready for the next recession, whenever that day comes, socking away large amounts of cash and things that don't lose money but only grow on a guaranteed basis is a pathway that's been proven for over 100, 100, almost 200 years. So we've got two proven strategies that work here. Let's talk about the first one. Uh, the first is something called bank on yourself type whole life insurance. Now, this is exquisitely designed for the purpose of protecting you from pandemics, recessions, and market craziness. You can put in regular amounts of whatever amount is comfortable for you. And every single year, it's going to grow guaranteed in value. So literally, guys, no more volatility. No more lost decades. You can save regularly into this bucket. And you can do this on a regular schedule, either monthly or annual, and it builds real wealth for you. Not paper wealth like the stock market, but true real wealth. And in addition to that, it leaves an insurance legacy later on when you pass away. So it gives you more freedom, more permission. It's like a permission slip to spend your money now. Again, the death benefit of life insurance is left to the family. But the cash value of the same life insurance policy, that cash money is liquid equity for you to spend. And that death benefit is almost like a permission slip to spend your wealth now. Because when you spend it, you still get to leave the remaining death benefit to your family. So to me, that's a great relief. We're going to need every dollar to spend for ourselves and our life to keep up with the cost of inflation and cost of living. But with life insurance, we're able to spend that larger number and still leave a large legacy for our future. So... Again, it lets us do that. It gives us the chance to save in a regular way. It is liquid, accessible money. It's not tied up like a 401k would be. And by using a bank on yourself type whole life policy, it'll be liquid and accessible cash value. It gives you guys the right and the ability to pull those funds or draw against them with a policy loan where you're able to weather the storm whenever that storm comes again for your retirement. You're not going to take another beating or lose any compounding. One of the biggest pieces of this policy is its uninterrupted compound growth. It truly is that up and to the right J-curve because even when you access the money in this policy, it continues to grow as if you did not touch a dime of the money, which sounds crazy. But again, we're using the cash as collateral. It's our bucket of money that we're using as collateral for all the purchases we need to make in our lifetime. You know, you're getting growth in the policy and you're getting the money for your car, your vacation, your kid's college fund, whatever else you might need that money to do for you, okay? So let's say, for example, let's take John, our guy John from earlier in our webinar and talk about what happens if he had a whole year where he could not work. And if that seems crazy, you know, according to the Social Security Administration, one in four of us who are 20 years old today can expect to be out of work for at least a year due to a disability before we get to retirement age. So, so if you couldn't work for an entire year, what could you do? If, if all that money was tied up in your house or anywhere else, mostly you'd, you'd be out of luck, right? What mortgage is going to give you a loan if you can't work? But if your money was in a cash value of a life insurance policy, you could borrow against it and the policy would keep growing uninterrupted for your retirement future. And you can spend that money to spend and live on while you're on disability. And as you go throughout life, headed toward retirement, you've got this large cash cushion 
You don't want to be forced to draw down investments when the market's dropping. We call this the volatility buffer. And I want to talk about that. But before I do, let me bring on uh, Dan, who Dan did all the right things. Let me tell you his story very briefly. Dan Proskauer, he's very kind and willing to hop on our podcast recently. And he did all the right things for a decade, but was getting essentially nowhere with his net worth. He went through the tech bubble. He went through 2008. He was ready for a change. So at that moment in 2009, his net worth essentially was left unchanged after a full decade. From 2009, when he started his first bank on yourself type policy, and he started many since then, this is the updated net worth chart since he started his policies in 2009. So in Dan's case, his net worth nearly tripled in just 10 years. Now, some people have asked me, Mark, what are those red lines and those light color green lines there later on in the policy lifetime there? That's him taking policy loans to invest in real estate and businesses and other investment opportunities. In fact, he even invested in some stocks one time and got a great return. You can do that. Again, when your policy continues to grow and build, like you never touch the money, you can borrow against it and go get other investments that you need and that are necessary to help grow your wealth. His words were, Mark, I realized when I put my money in something that does not go down, cannot lose money, I only make money. That's a cool feeling. (laughs) Now, I mentioned the volatility buffer, and I want to quickly show this concept to folks that are into the numbers. You know, using the cash value life insurance policies as a volatility buffer can help manage the risks of market drops during your retirement years. So think about it, guys. If you're pre-retirees today and the market drops, at least you have a few years to let it recover and you weren't spending that 401k today. But if you're 67 years old or 69 years old or 73 years old and the market tanks, you still have to eat groceries this year. You know, you still have to, you know, see the grandkids and so forth. So you're pulling money out of that 401k as it's getting beat up in the market. That's double pain there. So the idea is to use your life insurance policies cash value to spend that money when the market crashes. So that we call that the volatility buffer. So let's talk about what that does. It actually gives you an increased standard of living. So here's an example of a 65-year-old with 2 million bucks in an IRA taking $150,000 out of it every year in good years and bad. And you can see there at the beginning, he's got a few bad years, negative 14%, negative 26%, and then a positive yield of 37, all the way down to age 80. And he's got about $941,000 left at the end of his 15th year of retirement there. So that's without any volatility buffer. He lost a million bucks in 15 years. So he had to spend that money even in the bad years. In age 66, he was still spending 150 grand. And he 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 only spent 150,000, Danny, but check this out. He lost $500,000 but only spent 150. That's an expensive year. What if he had a life insurance policy just for 4 or 5 years of his retirement to spend? So he had about, you know, a couple hundred grand in a life insurance policy that he could spend on those down years whenever those years happen during retirement on the down years, he actually pulls from his life insurance policy to supplement his income needs. And at the end of the game, at age 80, he has actually $3.8 million still ready to go and spend in just the IRA. Plus, he has the death benefit, remaining death benefit. 
that he hasn't spent yet. So that's a gift to the family, no matter what, which way you look at it. That's the success of the volatility buffer. Same numbers, same values, everything, but he's just got a couple years worth of cash value ready to go in the down years of the market. So the second strategy, we call it the income maximization strategy. We use an, a fixed indexed annuity that allows you to spend that cash savings or your IRA or your old 401k and protect you from any market downturns. I read this uh, a couple of weeks ago that in Bloomberg, how super wealthy billionaires were activating their pandemic escape plans. Uh, right. and a lot of them have these multi-million dollar bunkers like in Indiana or New Zealand, and they're all hiding out there right now. And so, you know, I would like to say like, first of all, we're still alive, billionaires, if you're listening to this. Uh, this wasn't the zombie apocalypse. We all thought it was. We're going to, I think, recover. But you only recover if you're not underground. In other words, you know, you won't know that we made it through this unless you're ready to participate in the recovery. So let me bring you this idea here, guys. This is a picture of a fixed indexed annuity from 1998 to 20 into 2016. And there are three lines on this chart, but all of them started at the same point, 100,000 bucks. The blue line is sort of like a fixed interest rate. Think of like a CD or money market account, just earning slowly and boring and sort of predictable growth, which is boring is the new sexy, in my opinion, for financial plans these days. But, you know, it's, it's never going to wow us. The red line is the S&P 500 or a, a basket of the major parts of the stock market. And guys, no question about it. It looks like a roller coaster. You know, I can see very clearly. I went up with pets.com and Enron right here and then drop dramatically losing half of my life savings uh, in just two years. I climb back up the wall of worry and then crash again in 2008 and nine. And then there's been a tremendous rebound bull market ever since all the way up through 2020 this year, which I think we will, who knows, but I think we will have more volatility as the year progresses into the summer and fall. The point is, there's a third line and you have the right and the option, no matter what the market is when you're watching this in the future or today or what happens after Memorial Day, you've got the right to participate in the green line. And the green line is a fixed indexed annuity uh, with some of your retirement money. You don't get all of the growth that the red line will give you, but you get to watch and participate in that growth. So in the year 1998 to 1999, you went up about three quarters of what the red line did. And once again, in 2000, you didn't get as much, right? And, and by the year 2000, you might be calling me up and saying, Mark, why aren't I on the red line? Enron's going to the moon. You know, pets.com is going to the moon. And the key would be, be patient, right? Hold on, be tight, watch it. When the market crashes the following year, you're protected. Your money is safe. You don't lose a penny when the market crashes due to the market's fluctuations. And every year you get to reset your, your values and get to pick up where you left off. So when the market rebounds, your money picks right back up as if it hadn't missed a beat. So guys, even if the red line was above the green line at the end of this little chart here, which of these rides would you rather take <laughs> over a 20-year period, 30-year period, right? So fixed index annuities are allowed to watch the index without actually being invested in the index. And that can be the difference between success and failure in your retirement. Annuities, even old-fashioned ones, are pretty cool because 
they never stop paying you a paycheck. If you like passive income, streams of passive income, you'd love annuities because they never stop paying as long as you live, guaranteed for the rest of your life. So that's what annuities can be for you. You know, our approach to retirement planning has been all wrong. We don't we don't need to think about net worth. I don't care if you've got a million bucks to your name if you can't pay the bills. What I care more about is what is your monthly income? That's the most important number. It's not if I could redefine the the acronym ROI, you know, investment world we say return on investment. But I would say the more important thing is what's your rate of income? And annuities can better than any other financial asset I'm aware of can produce a stream of income that never runs dry. Mm-hmm. So here's a 55 year old who puts in 500 grand. Maybe he's got an IRA, maybe he's got an old 401k and he just rolls that over into an IRA holding a fixed index annuity. He waits five years until age 60 and then he retires. By the way, notice there's no negative years any point along the way. That purple line there only goes sideways or up for five years. It does start to come down. Why? Well, now he's taking an income starting right here at age 60. Looks like his income is about 33,000 bucks that year. So it starts at 35, 33,000. By the way, Wall Street would recommend about 16,000. Mm-hmm. But we're getting 35, we're getting double our income off this annuity here. Now, with the fixed indexed annuity, the longer you wait to turn on the income, the larger the income would be, of course. Uh, But once you do turn on your income, that income will increase every year the index grows. So that's why these blue lines keep getting larger and larger. He starts out at about 33, 34,000 bucks, but he climbs up here to 40,000, 50,000, up to, I think it goes up, yeah, $89,000 up here at the top. And that continues to grow and increase even after he runs out of money. Right here, his purple line hit zero. <laughs> it mm. crash landed right there. Continue. Yeah. Show me anything else that does that, right? What 401k does that? No. So even if your savings runs dry, your income will continue to increase for the rest of your life alongside that index. Pretty cool. These are things that have been around a very long time, but Wall Street is very committed to you not using them. And I am not us versus them. I'm not either or. I'm both and. Find the best allocation of your portfolio that helps make sure you can make it. You know, I don't get on an airplane that says, hey, we've got a 90% chance of success. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I want a 100% chance of success. And... Right now, I'm not, I'm not satisfied that Wall Street has a 100% chance of anything, except that they're going to get paid. And so, guys, the final thought here is time is the most valuable commodity. We cannot get more of that. It is the irreplaceable asset. The power of this, this time is it couldn't be overemphasized. I think our grandchildren will be talking about this. And take, take to heart everything you've heard today. Go to a, you can go to our podcast page, Not Your Average Financial Podcast forward slash schedule. You can go to lakegrowth.com slash schedule and then to uh, reach out to me and have a quick conversation. And uh, Danny, thank you for the opportunity for to speak to your group and vice versa. Thank you for being on this webinar. Yes, of course. Good day to all. <laughs> all right. Have a great day, guys. 
This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join a financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.